The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits, perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Ooh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Going to do this list, man. I'm excited for it. But if you're brand new to the channel, and today I want to see what this guy's list looks like. Well, do me a favor and subscribe. If you're brand new to the channel, you've never been here before, we're almost in the New Year's. What a nice little present that would be. Because, you know what? Happy New Year, fuckface. Take my subscription. Okay, that's nice. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate you. 2023 is going to be a fun year. But 2022 is a really good year for movies, man. And we're going to be doing a top 10 favorite movies as we're doing right now. We're going to do a top 10 um, most anticipated and a top 10 best TV shows. We're doing all that. So thank you for joining me here. Top 10 best movies, favorite movies, whatever. And it's my it's my list. So there might be some stuff on here that you agree with. There might be some stuff on here that you say, I don't know. I, I don't think I would have put that on there. The movie stinks. Well, it doesn't have to be on your list. So nobody's list is right. Nobody's list is wrong. How about that? You ever think about that? Good. Now that we got that settled, let's get into it. All right, everybody, let's start right away. It was a good year, and I just, and I and I will say this, there's a lot of movies that I still have not seen. There's a lot of movies yet that I have not seen that it, maybe if you're wondering, and, and I'll answer, I answer a lot of questions um, in the comments. Someone's like, oh, how come that, I'm surprised that that wasn't on your list. I might not have seen it. There's some movies that people loved that I thought were okay. It wasn't on my list. But number 10, just saw it recently. Missed it in the theater, but had a chance to see it on a screener, and that was The Fablemans. That's Steven Spielberg's. It's a long movie. It's a little long, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a nice movie. I thought it was a good movie about family. I thought it was a good movie about achieving your dreams, and that's what I really liked about it. Um, yeah, it's loosely based on Spielberg's life about this kid who has this love for film, finds his voice through film, finds himself through film, Meanwhile, going through some family stuff and um, and some anti-Semitism as he goes to school and these these things that he has to battle through, but it's about believing in himself, who he is, true to himself, to to really explore the gift that he was given. And I thought that it played really well. There's some great performances. Michelle Williams getting a lot of love for this role, as I can understand for sure. And Paul Dano, to me, was a real standout in the movie. Um I think he's had a pretty tremendous year, and I think he plays the father really, really well here. And the father who appreciates the kid's talent but doesn't think it's going to go anywhere, but he's never a, a jerk to him. He's just he he just doesn't know and doesn't understand and has to develop throughout the movie. But I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fantastic. I'm glad I got a chance to see it. All right, so another movie that I'm – Really happy I got a chance to see recently because it came out earlier in the year. And Roxy Stryer and Steph Sabral, they couldn't shut up about it. They love this movie. And I said, is it that good? And boy, were they right. At number nine, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. I didn't know anything about this movie whatsoever. I thought it was a full animated movie. It, it is, and it's got more so like a, I, mean, I wouldn't say Roger Rabbit, because the only thing really animated is this little seashell, Marcel, voiced by Jenny Slate. Slate. And, um, and it's really sweet man it really it's it's the story is essentially this guy who's a filmmaker and who dean who actually uh 
who directs the film for real, and he wrote it with Jenny, and they have this incredible relationship, these two, because Mar Marcel is this shell who was basically abandoned. He lives with his, um, I think it's his, it's not his grandma, I think it's his aunt, I don't remember, either way. Um, they live there, and something happened to the rest of the shells. So there's this documentary that's made by this guy who's renting out the house for an Airbnb and finds out the story of how Marcel lost his his family and his friends and they they have this it's like it's shot in this little mini documentary kind of style and following the life of Marcel and it's just it's it's just it's a cute little sweet movie it really is and I wasn't I didn't know what to expect and I was pleasantly surprised but I highly recommend it I think it's good for kids and it's um it just it's it's one of those movies that just makes you smile. So I would highly recommend Marcel the Shell with shoes on. That's coming in at number nine. Now, a lot of these movies are long on my list, a lot of them. One of them that's a little long, but I was okay with it, was Elvis, and that's number eight. Now, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, I didn't know what to expect from this movie either because who the hell knew who Austin Butler was? But when you see the trailers, that the trailers, this is a, the example of in a movie where obviously Elvis, Elvis Presley, his name, Okay, curious to do an Elvis movie. But who's playing him? That's always going to be the question. Who's playing him? And then this, this trailer comes out, and you're like, who's Austin Butler? I think he was in, I don't know what the hell he was in. But he, he shows up, and boy, he just becomes, there's certain times of people when they're set in these role, roles in these, um, in these biopics, and they just become the person. Because we just did a, a best of, movies and TV on the big thing with Dan and um, and Roca. And we talked about how this movie could have failed if it was just an impression of Elvis, and it wasn't. He, he captured the essence, and I think it was a great collaboration between Lerman and, um, and Austin Butler. Now, some people don't like the performance of Tom Hanks. They think it's a little cartoony. I liked it. I went back and watched old footage, and I do think he was... Uh, it was definitely an exaggerated performance, but I liked the idea that it was told from his point of view. I liked the idea that it was this almost this villain that took advantage of Elvis, but it gets you back into the spirit of Elvis. It makes you, it, it gets you into the music and um, it, it just learning the story in a different point of view. So Elvis to me was one that, that stood out for sure. All right, number seven. This one is another one that I just watched recently. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Man. Now, we've all seen Pinocchio a thousand times over. This is a movie, and when I was listening to del Toro talk about this in general, he said this is a story that you've told, but you've heard, but you've never heard it told like this. And he's right. There are, or, or he said even along the lines of you're familiar with it, but not as familiar as you think. Something like that. But there's these certain moments that you know from the Pinocchio story, whether it's the, the the creature or him performing in the theater or, you know, going off to school and Geppetto making them or whatever, whatever what, making them and then for, for in the sense of loss, whatever it might be. Um, those things are there. However, there are certain ways and certain spins on what they do with the stop animation inside of this, but the voice overwork, I mean, I thought that Christoph Waltz was great. Ewan McGregor uh, playing Sebastian the Cricket. Um, 
there's a lot to it. There's a there's and as I mentioned before, the Fablemans, the thing I really enjoyed about this is this is a message about believing in yourself, being true to who you are, believing in in the persona that that you are, that you can be, what makes you you. Um, and there were some new spins inside of the Pinocchio lore that I liked a lot, but it also was very like, oh, you knew Del Toro do, did it, but it didn't overpower the film. Like, oh, this is a Del Toro. This is just Del Toro being Del Toro. That never felt in there. You felt his presence, but you felt his presence in the way that makes him such a masterful storyteller. Um, it was, it's it's gorgeous. And Michael Gustafson, I think, co-directed it with him as well, too. They did a great job. It's gorgeous. The music's really good. It's emotional. Uh, and I really was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I, I I had heard good things, but I heard good things about other movies. And I just went, okay. This is one that w was right away. So this is definitely going to make the list. What a fantastic film this is. Enjoyed it a lot. All right. Number six is The Northman. Not a lot of people are talking about this movie as much. When it first came out, I felt like there was more, there was more hype on it. But it's kind of died down since. I love this movie. Robert Eggers directed. Now, I like The Witch. It was good. People love The Witch. I liked it. And uh, and what's it? The, the Lighthouse is the other one. This is my favorite out of the movies he's done so far because it's just more my speed. The overall, the, the cast in general from Alexander Skarsgård and um, uh, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Anya Tyler-Joy, Taylor-Joy, um, who's obviously been Robert Eggers stuff before, but there is, it's Willem Dafoe. There's so many great actors in it, but man, this is such a crazy movie. And it's about Skarsgård, who is, goes through a tragedy. He's Viking. He goes through a tragedy when he's younger, comes back later on to have some revenge and, then some. It's very Shakespearean. It is dark. It is uh, beautiful. It's the way how it's shot. And it really stood out to me. So that's why it comes in pretty high for me at number six. Now, another one that's going to probably be on nobody's list except mine, these top 10. I'm not saying that people didn't like the movie, but I can't, I don't know if I've heard people talk about it as much as I have. It just really resonated with me at number five. And that's Adam Sandler's Hustle. Now, this was a movie that came out on Netflix. I was not expecting anything from it at all. Adam Sandler puts out a Netflix movie, it seems like, every other Thursday. So I didn't know what this was. So then when I heard it was a more dramatic role, I said, well, wait a minute. I really, when, he's, when has he missed dramatically? Even if the movie hasn't been great, when has his performance missed dramatically? He's fantastic in dramatic roles. There is some comedy in the role, but it is not an Adam Sandler comedy. This is a story about a NBA scout who was looking to make a move in his career, and something happens where he's got to go back into the field again, and he finds a phenom of a player, and he's got to get him into the draft in time, and he needs he he wants to um he he, he tries his hardest to make to make this sort of this is this is his last shot this is his last his last move in his career to really, you know, to, to shine. And it is Adam Sandler at his best. It's another one that, like I said, there's some humor in it, but there's some great family moments in it, whether it's Queen Latifah who plays Adam Sandler's wife, um, his daughter. Uh, in general, there's just so much happening in the movie that I, I just, I was, I was so shocked at how much I was talking about the movie for quite a while after I saw it, because it just, it just stayed there with me and I felt good watching it. And whenever you have one of these feel good movies with good performances and overall, just a good character, 
story that hits with family, you're going to get me. So that's why it came so high at number five. Now, number four to me is the Batman. Now, I know that inside, even inside of the review, I said, and I stick by, I still think it's a little long. I think it plays much better on, I mean, well, first of all, it plays great in the theater, um, but it, 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 play, it, it plays even better on the rewatch when you watch it again and watching what Matt Reeves does with the performances of Robert Pattinson, Andy Serkis, um, uh, Zoe Kravitz, like so, so on and so on. And obviously Colin Farrell who, and Paul Dano, but Colin Farrell just stands out as the Penguin so much. It's this David Fincher take uh, from Matt Reeves. And, and I think that that's what I love about the movie for me. The stuff that really plays is the stuff in the beginning, right? The Well, not the beginning. For the, for the majority of the movie is this non-traditional Batman movie that we've seen and we get to see the detective side of, of Batman and he's discovering himself and trying to figure out exactly who the mask of Bruce Wayne is and he's and Alfred's telling him you got to put this facade on and he's like nah this is who I am now I'm the Batman and the ending felt a little bit more traditional Batman and a lot of people loved that I just thought, I thought it was good but I thought compared to the the rest of the movie how fantastic it was it uh, it was the only thing that I was like okay you know that was that, that's good I, I I enjoyed it and I, and I understand they have to give that to us because it's a Batman movie but it's the stuff leading up to it and the fact that they went that dark with it and I mean I think it's PG-13 but it, it feels like a rated R film I mean the, the opening of it in general this is a really really good take on the movie I can't wait for the second one and uh, and yeah, I loved it. So f I would say the Bat the Batman is my number four. Now, the top three were not easy to make. They all shifted around and, and moved around in, in certain places in my head. But this is where I landed at number three. Everything, everywhere, all at once. What a creative, creative movie this was. Because I, if if you if you've been watching long enough, you guys know that I am a big um, multiverse guy. I mean, and and way before, like, of course, you watch the the Marvel films. And everything. Um, no, I've been into the multiverse and the idea of multiverse way before anybody in in the mainstream was even doing it. I've I I try to read read up about it as much as I can and understand it and the, the possibilities and all of that stuff. And and this was so clever, this film by Dan Kwan and Daniel Shainart, um, who also wrote it. Starring Michelle Yeoh, Stephen Sue, Jamie Lee Curtis, and of course, um, the return of the one and only Kehu Kwan. This is a really, really fun, interesting film. Now, not only is it it's a, it's a drama that focuses on family, it's got humor in it. It's it's it is definitely. You know, you can, this is what I love about the movie. You can call it a, a really great science fiction movie. You can call it a good comedy. You can call it a good family film. You can call it all these things. And it's a relationship between the mother and, and daughter that really plays well. Um, the, the trying to figure out inside the, the heart, the hardships of marriage. But the science fiction stuff is where you're going to grab me if you grab if you if you can target it the right way. And there's a couple things in the movie that I was like, okay, that's a little silly, and you probably know what scene I'm talking, scene scenes I'm talking about. But it made sense for what they were doing inside of the movie. It just for me, I was like, okay, it just took me out of it for a split second. But overall, filmed, just I mean, masterfully uh, acted masterfully everything about the movie just is it's it's so different and it was on a low and this is just shows you that i love movies like this where this is not like a massive budget film 
but it feels like it is sometimes because of the way that it's shot and the way that it um, you can make movies like this and it really strike magic and that's what happened here there is um something special about this movie and a reason why it's getting all the recognition that it is and it's a great rewatch it has a nice kind of it, it pulls on that matrix thing a little bit too i don't want to ruin too many of the details if you haven't seen the movie but there's just uh there's some things where you can the way you can access the multiverse and the way that you can play into it that i thought um that thought worked really well it's a very creative creative film all right last two now these were tough tough to you know put in there now I know I know that my number two is going to be controversial to a lot of people because there's some people who are going to agree and love it, and there's other people who hated it before they even saw it and um, and and still just thought it was just okay and just a visual spectacle, and that's Avatar The Way of Water. I've seen it twice now. It's, it got better the second time, and I loved it the first time. I went and saw the saw it a second time with my daughter. I saw it in, in 3D IMAX, and yes, obviously you know going into this movie that it's going to be a visual just masterpiece as far as the, the visuals go. Now, it has to hit on a emotional level and a character level, which it did for me. I don't know. Maybe it didn't do it for you, and that's cool, but for me it did it, and especially I think that I feel, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but I feel like the people it really resonated with were, um, were parents. And, and that's intentional. There's a heavy emphasis on the children in this one, and I, it was my, one of my biggest concerns. I thought they were going to push back the main characters, and they don't. Well, they do, kind of, actually, I should say. That they, but, but, in a, but in a way where it doesn't, it doesn't hurt the movie, it elevates it. And it builds on these characters that we're going to probably be with for the next couple of movies. But as a visual experience, there's nothing that beats these movies. It really, there, there just isn't. You feel like you're maybe, maybe a ride at Universal Studios. I, I don't, I don't know, but I mean, there are times, and and I, I agree. You, if you just, if that's the only thing you ride, is if, if you're going, well, that's all you got is just the visuals. That's the only thing that it is. I get bored with it after a while. Then I understand if you didn't like it. But as I said, I think that between the music, the way that it's shot, the performances, Zoe Saldana, I think she won't be looked at for for a. An award, I think she should. I think that what she does in this movie, she has, she just, she, she does. There's a few different things she does in this movie, and in one particular scene that she just really got me, really, really got me. And yeah, both times that I saw it, um, and I think that there's a, and James Cameron should also be looked at for for best director. And being able to return you to Pandora in that way and keep you that. I feel like it was a way more original story the first one, and I like the first movie, but um, but this one to me is it's it's a very it's it. I want to go back to Pandora soon, and I'm glad they basically already shot movie three, at least the majority of it. So that lands at number two. So I'm thinking that maybe if you know me well enough, and number one, not a surprise, and that's Top Gun Maverick. This is a movie I was looking forward to because of my the original reason why is nostalgia. And sure, I'll go see Top Gun. I. I liked the first one when it came out. I liked it a lot. So I'm excited to see the second one. It should it should be fun. And it, and it was pushed back in 2019 was supposed to come out or whatever. Pushed back, obviously because of the pandemic. Paramount wanted Cruz to put it on Paramount+. Plus. He said, no way. I'm putting it out in the theaters. They waited. It was supposed to come out in 2021. Didn't happen. Came out in 2022. And what a smart decision it was. Because this, to me, is just why you go to the movies. I didn't. In in a world of and, and nothing against superhero movies and and 
big science fiction movies, as I just mentioned. I'm obviously a fan of them. Um, I just loved having a different adventure in the theater. And yes, it was characters that I knew, but this movie is superior than the first movie. And I love the first movie because of how much more development there is behind it. The, the first movie is to me an eighties classic. It's an eighties classic. And I enjoyed watching it back then. And I don't think it's a movie that you can pick up today. If you've never seen it before and go, Whoa, it's amazing. There are some people who, who would, but it was a, it was a movie for its time. This is a movie that you don't have to love the first movie to really enjoy it. And it takes the the old generation, whether it's Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer, and with the new generation of put it with, with Miles Teller and Glenn Powell and uh, Danny Ramirez and all these all these characters that are in the in the movie and the way that they play it and from the visually how they shot it and actually being in the planes and all that, it just added to just a tremendous experience. I've seen the movie, I saw the movie in the theater twice. Um, but I've now seen it uh, again another two or three times. I can't remember, but it just never gets old. The way that it plays, I think it is a really incredible film that is able to take not just the spectacle of a blockbuster, but take really good stories and really good moments and blend them into this one wonderful film. That's my top 10, man. That's my top 10. There are other ones that didn't make it. There are other ones that I didn't see. People, the ones that I'll address right away is uh, Banshees of Inner Sharon. Everyone's like, well, what about that? You got to see that one, man. You'll love it. I did see it. I liked it. Glass Onion. I liked it. It's just that they're not, they're not in my, uh, they're not in my top 10. Certain movies just resonated with me. Those I liked. There are other movies that Black, the Black Phone. I almost, uh, it was, was a movie that I really enjoyed watching, which I never, that's usually horror movies are never even in my radar, but that one I liked a lot. Um, and I missed a few others, but I'm so curious. First of all, put your list in there. I'd love to see your list. And then second, tell me which ones you think you thought would might've been on my list and you were shocked that, that weren't. I want to see if maybe I haven't seen those or not. Like for example, I didn't see Tar. I want to see that one. I missed. Um, I missed. I've missed a few. I missed The Woman King. I want to see that one as well. So if there's a few others that you think that I should have seen that might have been on my list, let me know. I gotta. I gotta hear it. So as I said, this is the top ten best movies. We're gonna get the top ten best TV shows. That'll be out probably out a little later on today or or tomorrow. I don't know yet. I'll probably maybe wait. I'm not sure, but you, soon. And then top ten anticipated as we get to 2023. Got a lot going on in 2023, man, so I hope you join us for the ride. Please subscribe to the channel. Thank you guys so much for joining me here on the list. I appreciate you so much, and we'll see you on the flip side. Peace. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.